Hey there, welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Scott Strickler, Director of Marketing at ISG Technology. Scott, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for making time for us. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about ISG Technology. Yeah, so I am Marketing Director for ISG. You got that right. I've been there for about five and a half years now. Before then, I was actually in the agency world. I spent 16 years from intern all the way to art director, creative director, brand director, all that fun stuff in local shop here in Kansas City. So that was a lot of fun as well, too. And one more thing before we jump in, uh, tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. I'd have to go back to the agency days. That's where the most memorable stuff comes from. So I, you know, it's, it's always cool to see some of your work that gets produced, right? So I was going off to a Chiefs game one day and I look up and on right off I-70, there's the billboard that we had created, you know, chiefschecking.com. We did a lot of financial services uh, work uh, at the agency world. So it was pretty cool to see, to see that whenever he got it. Uh, I even one time, even though it was a local version of the spot, we got a four second Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> it was not one of those blockbuster million dollar, you know, spots. It was a, yeah, four seconds at the local level. And but I can say I had a Super Bowl commercial. So yeah, that's, that's cool. I mean, you had a Super Bowl commercial. That's pretty cool. Was it, was it for when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl? No, this was years ago. This was when we were in probably the, the basement of the Chiefs, you know, years, but where we have since revitalized ourselves. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you have. I mean, look, I, you know, I grew up in Detroit and even to this day, I'm, I'm unfortunately a diehard Detroit Lions fan. I don't know why, honestly, yeah. they're like the worst franchise in modern sports. But, uh, I, you know, I look at the Chiefs and I'm like, Maybe, maybe one day we'll have our own Patrick Mahomes, possibly. Yeah, there you go. Long after I'm dead and gone, I'm sure. Like <laughs> hundreds of years in the future. Well, we'll hope it turns but out. But anyway, <laughs> it won't. But thanks. I appreciate that. So, okay. So on to our, on to our main topic. Now, we're talking about the evolution of your content marketing strategy. Because when we spoke a few weeks back, that's kind of what we talked about. You know, you said you've been with the company for about five years. And so, you know, things in marketing, especially digital content marketing, I mean, they do not stay the same for very long, right? And they're just always constantly evolving. So when you started going back five years, you know, if you can kind of take us back there, what did the company's content marketing strategy look like when you were, you know, new, newly coming on board? Yeah. So the agency I came from was a content marketing agency. We believed in that. And it was, you know, create the flagship piece of content, the ebook, the white paper, turn that into multiple blog posts, turn each blog post into multiple social posts. And it was a good, good strategy. It's all focused on SEO, getting those, you know, uh, SEO keyword phrases and long tail keyword phrases. And over time it got, I think it got a little just continue to get a little bit smarter in regards to, you know, we then create the pillar pages that all linked to sub pages that all tied to those, that whole keyword strategy. So very, very SEO focused, create that flagship content and long form content, you know, was the, it's kind of the thing. So, and it's really just to play the SEO game. When you kind of, you know, you came and you got the lay of the land, like, what did you see that you were like, okay, we need to, you know, we, we need to evolve. Like, like how over the past five years, how would you say your thinking when it comes to content marketing strategy has changed? I had probably a little epiphany moment two or so odd years into my, into my tenure here. Been doing the same things. You spend a lot of time and energy creating that content. 
wonder if anybody's ever read it, you know, that kind of thing. And I even looked at the epiphany moment I was talking about is I looked at my desktop and there's a folder called Readme on there. And it was 20 or so ebooks and white papers that I had downloaded over the course of the year with the intent to go back and read it and never did. I think I read one out of those 20 and it was like, what am I doing? Right. I'm, you know, I get excited when someone fills out a form to get a, to get an ebook that we've created in a white paper, whatever. And I don't know if they ever read the thing or not. Right. So it was just one of those epiphany moments. And then at the same time, I also read a, a blog from my former mentor at the agency and the title of it is, is great. It's stop creating content. Please just stop those two things combined. And that obviously the whole thing's about, you know, it would just spoke right to where I was feeling at that moment where it was like, man, we're creating all this content. It's just to play the SEO game. Is it really helping clients? Some of it is, but can I track it? Can I measure it? How do I know it's helping them? Other than, you know, getting on the phone to everyone who downloaded something and, you know, and that's just not feasible, of course, from a time perspective. So, you know, the transition we made when we kind of recognized this and said, hey, we need to do something about it is, you know, we're in the IT technology space. We have a ton of great <clears throat> subject matter experts. And it's really hard to just get them to sit down and do an interview, write content for them or have the agency do it, revise it, make sure they read it. You know, they quoted them the right way. And so I said, why don't we get just these guys who are subject matter experts and they can talk about this stuff all day long. So we luckily before COVID, we had said, let's go all in on our webinars. And so we, we said, let's commit to that. Let's get our subject matter experts in front of folks that want to hear them talk and let's do it in a digital way so that we can, you know, track the number of attendees, registrations. One thing that we did, we got poll in order to, to get the prize. You know, you always give away the, you know, iPhone or whatever it is at the time in order for them to get, be registered to win that or the DoorDash gift card, whatever. You have to answer all three poll questions. We do one at the beginning, middle and end. And the last one's always, hey, did you want to meet to talk about anything that we discussed today? So you can kind of have a direct correlation to getting meetings in your lead generation effort from the thought leadership marketing. So it, yeah, it was great that we could actually get this data and not just hope that people are reading our stuff and we actually know, know that it's working. So, yeah. Obviously a pretty important realization. You know, in a way, like there's nothing worse for a content marketer to be like, no one's looking at our stuff. Like it's sort of demoralizing, you know, like before I, I started our company, I was a, a marketer at a large medical device company and I remember sp spending like months and months on some, it was like a handbook for doctors. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like this really dense document. It was actually like a print piece that we were creating for the sales team, some kind of reference guide to whatever procedure and took months and like endless revisions. And Finally, it was sort of done and it was like out there and I was talking to a sales guy one at one time and I was curious. I'm like, hey, you know, that piece that we made, like, how, how is that going? How do you use that? And he was and he looked at me. He was like, oh, that. Oh, yeah, we, we, we give it to doctors. They just pretty much throw it right in the trash. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, wow. Well, I guess that was a big waste of time. And, you know, it was just like a really bad feeling when you know that you're, you feel like you're, you're wasting your time, you know? And so it's so important just for like the morale of a content marketing team to actually be working on stuff that you have some way of measuring and knowing that like, yeah, this is adding value. People are actually engaging with it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I feel, I, I feel that pain. That's why we did what we did. <laughs> 
So you already described sort of for those webinars how you're able to measure, you know, by having people answer those questions. What other kinds of content are you producing alongside the webinars that you feel is, you know, giving you more value? And, and how are you measuring the value of that content? We invested this year in a little tool, hopefully like my plug, Harmonic. <laughs> it's a AI-based video tool that allows us to upload the video after a webinar is done. And it uses AI to kind of go pick out the moments is what they call them that are the one to two minute snackable pieces of video where there's a little nugget of insight. Does a pretty darn good job of picking out the right moments. And then, so we're now doing that very efficiently. It's ready within, you know, hours. And we cut up these videos, we post them to Wistia and we upgraded our Wistia account so that we can now track how long someone's watching a video. And so that's tied into our HubSpot instance. And so now we're in the process of building this. So this is like brand new. We've taken three of our more recent webinars. We've cut them up into all the videos. We're turning them into email sequences. So point, you know, it's like a five-part email sequence. So a salesperson can now go educate their clients very easily with these short little one, two-minute videos about cyber insurance and why you need it and how our services help you qualify for cyber insurance because that's just a big deal in the in the IT world right now is just even being able to get it with all the ransomware and all the stuff that's going on in, in the world. So it's same same issue with ebooks, right? So long content, no one really invests the time to go read, you know, 20 pages of that. So it takes a 45 to an hour long webinar and it turns it into, you know, 10 to 12, one to two minute videos that people actually watch, right? And then you know, you sift out all the other ums and dums that, you know, come along with the webinars and all that stuff to just those concise little nuggets of, of good stuff. So you guys are really wringing a lot of value out of the webinar. Webinar is, is a marketing channel. Every marketing channel, every type of content has its strengths and weaknesses, right? Like its limitations, which is why typically you don't just do one thing and one thing only. When it comes to webinars, a lot of strengths, obviously, as you have just described, where do you see the limitations? Why would you want to have other channels? You know, what are some things that webinars maybe aren't as good at doing? Actually, I was going to say SEO, you don't get the SEO benefit, but you actually do when you have these little short videos with the SEO keywords and all that stuff in the titles, and then you get a transcription file too. So if you set it up properly, you know, you do still get that benefit. Some people do like reading content still. I mean, I still enjoy, you know, following certain blogs here and there. So we try to, you know, complement the webinars with a little video about, or sorry, a blog post about the topic, whatever it is. And you can actually plug those little videos into there too. So you can kind of cross pollinate some of these channels when you do that. But yeah, so, and I think the other maybe limitation to webinars themselves are, well, it's just more of a sign of the times with COVID and whatnot. There's a little webinar fatigue happening right now, probably a lot of webinar fatigue. But we've actually combated that by just kind of changing the format. So instead of sliding people to death, we are doing executive panel discussions. And it just, you know, it, and then it invites folks to ask the questions during the, during the webinar so that, you know, they can be part of the conversation and whatnot. And we, we just upgraded our webinar tool as well, too, just to a better experience. So we're playing with all this new stuff right now to try to take that next step. Yeah, for all those reasons. I think especially for like a visual medium like that, you're on the one hand, people tune in because they want to learn something that's going to help them. But it's also if you're asking people to to stick with it for more than just a couple minutes, there has to be some in, kind of entertainment value, right? Like you are putting on a show. 
and you're and you're asking people to like sit in front of your screen and stick with this for 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, however long it is. And so it sounds like, right, a bunch of slides, we can all probably agree, not the most entertaining experience. A well-done panel discussion with the right people can be a lot more lively. And if there's good debate and good back and forth discussion and all that, so that sounds like, and it sounds like that was part of the calculus, just like, this needs to be more engaging. We want people to be you know, it's not to, to be more entertaining. Yeah. We're right in the middle of kind of taking that next step. So, yep. Right. And also, you know, I think what I'm hearing is that, and, and it, and it sounds like something you guys have done quite well and, and gotten a lot of value from is going back to, you know, you mentioned your mentor saying like, just stop producing content, please stop that. You kind of like hit the brakes a little bit and said, okay, let's concentrate on one thing. Let's look at webinars. Let's nail that. Let's do that really, really well. Figure that out. Instead of let's have eight different channels and fill them constantly with all kinds of content, right? Let's focus on webinars and get as much as we can out of them and then keep evolving them. And then it's like a piece, like your main nugget of content and then spin that out into other kinds of content. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's our flagship content. Yep. Yeah. That just, I mean... I think that that's a pretty a pretty well-known strategy, but not everyone does it. And I think there there often can be kind of pressure like, well, we also need this. You know, we do we need to be on TikTok? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Okay, now we need content for that. Like it can it's so easy to I think to become either I don't know if distracted is the right word, but like to feel the pressure to produce content for this and that channel and spread yourself kind of thin and then end up kind of being mediocre everywhere rather than being really good in one particular place, you know? Exactly. Yep. And I didn't mention at the top of it, but ISG at ISG, we're a two-man marketing team. So we wear many hats and we have to divide and conquer. So yeah, we got trying to get good at this one thing and then, you know, everything else kind of falls in place after that. Sounds, sounds like, especially for a, a small team, right? That, that sort of by necessity, I mean, only, only so many hours in the day. What's your advice for marketing teams? And I guess, especially, you know, smallish, smaller marketing teams that find themselves in that like content churn, that mill, and they're like, mm, there's got to be a better way. You know, what, what's the first step down that road to kind of finding that better way in your, in your experience? I mean, obviously outsourcing is huge. I mean, we, there's no way we would, we still do blog posts, of course, but as far as the webinars go, I'd facilitate those with the help of my other, the other teammate, but having a great agency that, that can help you get the technical side figured out of the webinars and all the tools syncing properly is huge. The actual writing of the content that you don't have time to sit down and do, it doesn't take a subject matter expert to take a webinar and pull out the key insights and write a blog post about that. So that's something that they can do. So you've got to find those complimentary folks to, to help you. And then just having a good strategy, really, that aligns to your business goals and all that good stuff. Same stuff you, <laughs> you think of. But, you know, cybersecurity for us is the number one topic that people are concerned with. So, you know, I, I didn't necessarily knock SEO earlier, but I kind of alluded to the fact that you're playing the SEO game. And even with the new content strategy that we have, we're still you know, focused on words and phrases and keywords that still hopefully get us up in those rankings as well, too. So, you know, I'd say, yeah, have a strategy, have some good partners to help you get that stuff done. And then once you get your, you know, your marketing tech stack figured out, then you can kind of rock and roll with it. Great advice. And I, I kind of like how you laid it out in kind of, you know, straightforward, simple fashion, because I, 
Like on the one hand, digital marketing, content marketing, marketing can seem like very complicated. There's so many apps and channels and all that. And there is, you know, it, it can be complex. But on the other hand, it doesn't have to be that complicated. And I think to, to really get good traction with it, like you guys are doing, it at least part of that process is let's break this down simply. Just break it down into its component parts and hone in on who, who are we and what do we really have to say and who's our audience, like the basic things, and start there and then build on top of that. What you're focused on needs to be the stuff that your customers care about, of course. Going back to that blog post I told you about. If you're not, one of the things we do in our webinars is at the tail end, there's an exit survey and we ask them what other content would you like to hear, you know, hear from us. And so we use that to then drive what future webinars and topics and things that we're focused on as well, too. So, you know, having a pulse on what your sales team wants and what your customers want is the other, I guess, advice that I'd give so that you're not, you know, creating content that no one cares about. Well, thank you so much for your time for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. And I'm, uh, you know, glad we were able to connect. Thank you so much. Yeah, likewise. Happy to, happy to be on here. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.